teams, my name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Veterinary Team Training. Check out all of my other blogs and podcasts and tips of how to create unicorn teams at vetteamtraining.com. Today, I really wanna talk to you about how you need to stop bringing your work home. Seriously, people, you gotta stop bringing your work home. And here's why. Right now in 2020, we are experiencing stress like we've never seen before. If you've never experienced anxiety, you have now. Welcome to 2020. It's pretty terrible. There's a lot going on in 2020. Within a majority of our veterinary hospitals right now, we're actually experiencing record-setting number of cases. We're also experiencing record-setting number of short-staffed. And so as one can imagine, we're experiencing a record high level of burnout. It is all consuming. It's constant go, go, go. And the demands of veterinary medicine seem to never end. Our clients are also experiencing record-setting levels of high stress. This curbside thing that a lot of us are doing Yes, we're doing it because we wanna keep our veterinary staff safe, and that is a huge priority. But the stress of our clients waiting in the parking lot is very real, and we have to acknowledge that. Our clients feel even more disconnected from our veterinary hospitals, and they feel helpless. We take away their furry children from them, and they don't know what's happening inside the building. And being inside versus outside of the building has proven to be exceptionally stressful for many of our clients. Together, we are all struggling with very real, real stress. And by the time the end of the day hits, we are exhausted. You know the feeling. It's the feeling where your feet hurt and you think they're actually gonna fall off of your body, but they don't, but they feel like they're going to. Every bone in your body feels tired. You're so exhausted, you might not even feel like eating a food. And if you do feel like eating food, you definitely don't have the energy to cook. And so you're just gonna find whatever you can eat and shove it in your mouth and not even enjoy it. It's exhausting. And then the reality is you have to come back the next day and do it all over again. The demand, the clients, and the pet, and the team, they're still there and they're still gonna be there the very next day. And what happens is when we go to leave our veterinary hospitals, it goes something like this. We go to walk out of our hospital and we go, ugh, I hope tomorrow's better. Or I swear, if one more surgery gets scheduled, I'm gonna lose it. Or it sounds something like this. Oh my God, I can't even believe we have to come back tomorrow. Are you serious? Or I can't, I can't do this tomorrow. I just can't, I can't do this again. I can't even believe I have to come back tomorrow. Or for some of us who work the overnight shift, we start thinking about the few hours that we might get any sleep during the day. Because for those of us who work overnights, a lot of us are still experiencing homeschooling in this 2020 year, right? So our kids are in our houses and that's causing a major disruption in our day sleep schedule. We go home from our overnight shifts and there's our kids doing virtual learning and they haven't gone to school and we're essentially homeschooling our children and it's terrible at times. And then we have to barely get any sleep and go back into our hospitals. But the problem is when we end our day with negativity and exhaustion, a lot of that filters back into our home life. And right now we are seeing, unfortunately, a lot of really big stresses that we are carrying over into our homes. And some of us don't even realize we're doing it. It goes something like this. 
you leave the veterinary hospital, you're exhausted, you thought about all the stresses of the day, and the minute you open up the door, whoever, family member, loved one, spouse, roommate, probably you take it out on your dog or your cat. The minute you open up that door, whoever is a willing ear to listen to you, you start with the venting. And there's some level of therapy when you vent. It has to happen, right? You got to get it off your chest. And that's really important. But day in and day out, it's the same venting. Nothing's changed. And that loved one or significant other, that spouse, that family member, or again, even your dog or cat is hearing the same stories from you over and over. And at some point, they become exhausted because they are listening to you being exhausted. And imagine putting yourself in their shoes. If you come home every day miserable, tired, exhausted, well, that does transmit into an issue sometimes in relationships. And so ending the day on a positive note in a veterinary clinic really is important because it's not just about that team in that veterinary hospital. It's also about you having a happy evening or I guess a happy daytime if you work the overnight shift and actually creating less stress to those around you as well as yourself. So let's be realistic. Let's talk about some ways that we can actually take home less stress because I wanna give you guys some ideas. And I'll be the first one to say, I don't have all the answers here because I've done it. I have done it sometimes to my family members or my friends where you fling open the door and whoever's there, you just start in with, you are not gonna believe the day I had. And then this client did, and then the dog did, and then the doctor did, and then this technician did, and then the front office did, and blah, 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 blah. And bless their heart, they listen to you. And they say usually all the right things like, that sucks, they don't deserve you, you're right, I can't believe you have to go in tomorrow. Oh, that's horrible, can I do something for you? right? So they're trying so hard to make your life better. Yes, you do need someone to vent to. But let's talk about healthy venting and unhealthy venting. First, it starts with recognizing that you are stressed and you need an outlet. I need you to find an outlet. And if venting to someone is a good outlet for you, put a timer on it. I was having this conversation with this veterinary hospital and we were kind of troubleshooting and figuring out ways of decreasing the negativity at the end of the day so that they could go home and be in a better place. A technician spoke up and she said, actually, my boyfriend and I have already figured this out. And I said, really, what do you guys do? And she said, we realized that we were spending our entire evening just venting about how much we disliked work and all of our problems. And it was putting a strain on the relationship. So we have agreed that each one of us is allowed 10 minutes to vent and discuss work and that's it. And I said, do you guys actually adhere to that? And she said, we actually do because it allows us to vent and we just ramble on about terrible things and all of that and we listen for a full 10 minutes to that person just venting and talking about their work day and then we're done and that's where we end it. And then we move on with our evening and we enjoy the rest of the night. And if one of us all of a sudden starts in with, oh my gosh, and then this other thing happened at work, the other person will say, hey, we're not allowed to talk about that. I want you to think about the dog or the cat or the kid. And they redirect that anxiety and that negativity to something that's present and that they have control of and that is happy in that moment. 
I love that idea. That's a great idea. Set a time limit on your venting. I know that sounds easier said than done, but do it because it's so important. Here's another great way that as a veterinary team, you can set yourself up for success. Before the team walks out the door, they need to say something that happened during the day that was good. And I know that sounds really corny. I know how this actually goes in implementation because I've actually implemented this in a couple of hospitals. It goes something like this. Hey guys, I need you to tell me something that happened today that was good. You know what was good, Amy? Well, yesterday I only got to actually go to the bathroom once, but today I got to go twice. So I guess that's the good thing that happened today. Well, I'm so happy for you. Next, who wants to tell me something else that happened to them that was good today? You know what happened to me that was really good, Amy? Yes, I do want to know. I'm eager to hear all ears ready. And that's when they chime in. Well, yesterday I didn't get to eat anything at all, and today I ate a banana, so I guess that's my win for the day. It is your win for the day. Thank you so much for sharing. I get how that goes. You're going to have some individuals who really struggle with sharing something good when they're in such a negative space. But here's the reality of what I'm asking you to do. It is different than if you're a manager or supervisor, you could tell your team all the time you're doing a great job. Definitely continue to do that. That's really important that they hear from you if you're a supervisor or a manager that they are doing a great job. But there will be a certain percentage of individuals where they you say it and they don't hear you because they're in such a negative space. Now here's the difference. When you tell them that they need to say something that was good that happened during the day, they now need to think about a good thought and then they need to verbalize that good thought. And here's what a good thought does to your brain. Your, a good thought will actually produce serotonin and dopamine and those are happy chemicals that form within happy thoughts of your brain. It's no different as to why they say eating chocolate will make you happy because it actually increases your serotonin levels. That must be why I love chocolate so much. So increase your serotonin levels by literally saying something good that happened during that day. And here's the other cool chemistry behind that. When serotonin and dopamine get released, it actually triggers other positive thoughts. And that's why it's so key that that individual speaks something that happened to them that was good. If it comes out of their mouth, their brain believes it to be true and thinks about the happy thing. And now, hopefully, they don't walk out of the door being so negative. And I know it's a corny exercise, but it's something that we can all strive to do. Now, if you work in specialty hospital, I get it. People come and go all the time. But have an accountability program where a technician can say to a doctor, hey doc, I know you're running out the door, but tell me something good that happened to you today. Because if we can all think about one good thing, then that actually decreases the stress and it does remove some of the negativity. That's a fact and that's really important. Now here's the other thing that you can do right before you go to bed so that you wake up and you have a good morning. Write down three things that you're grateful for. And initially it might be a struggle because it might not seem like you're grateful for anything. 2020 pretty much sucks and I don't wanna think about anything I'm grateful for. I would just like this nightmare to end, right? But there are really wonderful things to be grateful for. Your pets, your family, a friend. The fact you ate cheesy fries. You know, I love cheesy fries. I love chocolate, like I mentioned. If you got to enjoy it during the day, sure, write that down. Now, if writing in an actual gratitude journal isn't your thing, well, then just think about it. Think about something that makes you happy. 
In one of my other podcasts, I talk about the sticky note theory. I want you to then stick, take a sticky note and put it on your pillow of something that you love that's going to make you smile. I always use the example of Reese's peanut butter cup. And so in the morning, I would take my note um, and I would write it and it would say Reese's peanut butter cup. And right before bed, I would look upon my pillow and it says Reese's peanut butter cup. I would probably go eat a Reese's peanut butter cup. But the reality is, is that makes you smile and it makes you happy right before you go to bed. So you release some of that tension. The very last thing that I want you guys to try is to focus on your transition out of the hospital. This is a technique described by Brendan Bouchard, who is a world-renowned professional life coach, and he describes managing your transitions. How he describes it's a little bit different how I'm going to describe it, just because he wants you to repeat this certain phrase over and over. and. I just couldn't get on board with that. So I modified it basically for myself, but I found that my modification actually resonates really well with veterinary individuals. So a transition is whenever you are moving from one space to another space. And for us leaving the veterinary hospital, that is opening the door and walking out into the car, right? That would be the first step in exiting the hospital. You've said goodbye to your team and you said something good that happened to you during the day. You're about to exit out into the parking lot. Right before you do so, I want you to stop. I want you to close your eyes I want you to count down from 10 and focus on your breath. 10, 9, 8. If that's too slow for you, speed it up. I don't care. The whole point is so that you mindfully think about your breath and you count down from 10. And then I want you to set your intention. I am going to drive home and see my fantastic furry cat named Mr. Fluffy Pants. Awesome. That's a great intention that you are going to do right then and there. And now I want you to get into that car and I want you to drive home, but here's the next transition. You have now pulled into your parking space or you're outside of your house. And you are about to exit your vehicle or get off of your bike or about to enter your home if you walk to and from your actual place of employment. Before you open the door of your home, I want you to stop and I want you to set the next intention. I want you to stop, close your eyes, count down from 10, take in a couple deep breaths, and then think about the next thing that you want to happen. I am going to say hello to Mr. Fluffy Pants, and I'm gonna pet him, and I'm gonna squish his little cutie face, and then I'm gonna feed him dinner, and I'm gonna boop him on the nose. That's fantastic intention. Now go do that. So you open the door and you're immediately thinking about something positive that you want to do. And you can do this with your loved ones. And it's so powerful. Right before you open the door, I'm going to see my husband and kids and I'm going to hug them and I'm going to kiss them and I'm going to tell them how happy I am to be home. Because you are. Because you just finished work. And isn't it great that you're home, right? So embrace that. And that's about managing your transition. And that's really key because it resets your mind to focusing on something that you want to accomplish that's positive. I hope these suggestions have helped. These are suggestions that have worked for me or that others have shared with me that have worked for them. I don't pretend to have all the answers and there's probably other wonderful, great ideas out there. 
But I really want you to focus on not bringing your work home because it does not just affect you, it also affects all of those around you. And ultimately, I want you guys to live the best version of your life and be the unicorn that you are. I hope that this has helped. Check out all my other blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. My name is Amy Newfield. Thank you so much. Be a unicorn and have a wonderful day. 